This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Stand by for an urgent message from the crack team at Stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and welcome to the weekend. Here to celebrate weddings and spring. Today, we're talking about a wedding gone wrong. Oh, I love those. And asking the question, how important is money to make the big events in your life shine? We'll get the perspectives of our crew today, including from Financial Grown Up and our Money in the Morning podcast, Bobby Rebel. Plus, from Afford Anything, Paula Pant. And from LenPenzo.com, it's Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but he is on his way over here to give me a back rub any minute. It's just Len Penzo. Of course, that's not all. We'll magnify someone's money and the team will compete to see who wins my amazing trivia challenge. And now, the king of basement money nerds, Joe Salcihan. I don't know about the king, but I certainly know how to lead the Friday charge. Hey there, everybody. I am Joe Salcihan, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a show we have for you today because, because coming to us from Austin, Texas, I believe we have Paula Pant back for yet another week. For some reason, Joe, you have talked me into coming back to this show. It's amazing how far $5 goes with Paula Pant. I know. And it was $5 paid like six years ago. Right. That's no inflation on that money, which is fantastic. You should have been more analytical when you looked at the contract. You know, it's okay. I put that $5 into the S&P 500 six years ago, and now it's worth like 87. Perfect. I thought you meant $8.70, but that's good. 
It's, it's fantastic. And a guy yeah, who, I danced in and out of it for a while. But, but, but a guy whose $5 is now worth $5.10 because the price of gold has gone way up, it's Mr. Len Penzo. Wait a minute, Joe. You paid Paula $5? <laughs> Did we? I forgot we were supposed to keep that a secret. <laughs> I'm feeling underappreciated here. Len's, Len's just doing it for all the PBR that we can yeah. get into him on a Friday. Yes. How you doing, Joe? There's this mysterious knock on a door on his bunker door once a week, and there's a six-pack of PBR. That's our... That's that's our thing right there. I'm good, man. How are you? Good. It's been a while. It has. We're so happy you're back. What did you do with your two weeks off? I stayed in the bunker mostly, just uh, counting my coins. Perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. I have to remind myself that that uh, since the price isn't going up, that at least the ounces haven't changed. <laughs> The, the, uh, no, well, at least that inflation, it's not like cereal boxes where you get less cereal, you know? Hey, uh, you know what? Uh, this just popped in now that you said cereal, do you, because you and me are old, I'm older than you, but do you remember back in the day on the cereal boxes, they'd have giveaways, right? And then it sent away for like a secret decoder ring or something. And do you remember it used to be like, you'll get it in eight weeks, right? <laughs> Which, and when you're a kid, eight weeks is like, you know, forever. Remember that? You remember that? It's like, oh my God, I totally forget they even sent away for the decoder ring. And then eight weeks later, nine weeks later, here comes this thing in the mail. It was this gift. It's eight <laughs> weeks later. You're like, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Oh my, you run out to the mailbox. Oh, did it come yet? Did it come yet? You know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just times have changed. We might need to talk about that more later. We might need to. Okay. But okay. for now, wondering what the heck she's doing here on this channel, my co-host on the Money in the Morning podcast and also the host of the Financial Grown Up, the woman who's all over. You've been quoted like everywhere. Bobby Rebel's here. Thank you. Yes. What are you saying, Joe? Are you are you upset that you're not getting quoted as much as me? <laughs> yes. Um, immediately. <laughs> is there a little is there a little sibling rivalry on the uh, Money in the Morning show going my, on? My co-host and I. The, the bar is high. <laughs> Keeping up with Bobby is tough. So no, for, Joe brings the magic to money in the morning. Yeah, sure. there it is. Stop. Sure. Keep going. Stop. Keep going. Absolutely. Stop. Keep going. What I really, I really want to talk about, are we going to do like our cereal obsessions? Cause I have a cereal confession. I am obsessed with Captain Crunch. Are you? I, really, I am obsessed with Captain Crunch and my son eats gluten free. And so I have to hide it in the house. Bobby. Because I don't want him to have it. Bobby. The poor kids eating Cheerios. It's Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. I stand <laughs> That's my fancy college education, right? That's what happens when you go to a really fancy school. You don't you don't learn the actual way things are should be said. But you can you can tell you <laughs> but can. But I love Cap and Crunch. Now that I've been schooled, thank you, Len. Yeah, I was going to say you <laughs> anytime, can, Bobby. You can tell when somebody's a Captain Crunch pro. Apparently, <laughs> Penzo is like Captain whoa, Crunch. whoa, whoa. The real one. I don't like the fruit. There's like a fruity thing that they have sometimes now. You have to get the original. Do you get Captain Crunch when you go on vacation, Bobby? They don't usually have it. This is a travesty. They do not have it. So you're basically stuck with like Raisin Bran. Maybe you need to get through security faster at the airport so you have more time to get some Captain Crunch. Yes, I think so. I don't, so I, you're solving all my problems. 
I have no idea how that transition works, but thanks to Clear for supporting Stacky Benjamins. Clear uses your eyes and fingertips instead of traditional ID documents. Have you guys seen Clear before at your airport? It's really cool. To get you through security faster at airports and stadiums, get your first two months of Clear for free by going to clearme.com forward slash SB2019 and use promo code SB2019. It is super fast. I have... TSA pre-check. Paula, do you have clear? I do not have clear yet, but I am planning on getting it within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, me too. Because OG and I go on these, you know, we go to these meetups and he gets through. He's always waiting for me. I have TSA pre-check. He's always waiting for me on the other side. Speaking of the other side, we've got uh, a wedding gone terribly wrong on the other side of uh, this headline. So let's get the party started. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. And in our headline today, this uh, comes to us from the Here Every Cent Counts blog. Wedding regrets two years later is the name of the piece. And Paula, before we dig into everything that is this train wreck of a wedding, do you mind explaining it to our friends at home that haven't had the opportunity to read this yet? Oh, the opportunity to read this. Opportunity. Ah. Yes, the opportunity. Well, this person had a wedding that cost somewhere between $70,000 to $80,000, then spent a huge article complaining about it while concluding that uh, what she got from her wedding day was a bunch of PTSD and a lesson in how not to be a mom. So what I got from reading the article, if you don't mind me jumping straight to the editorializing... (laughs) is number one, if you are having some unpleasant thoughts about your family, please do not put it on the internet. Keep that stuff private or save it for your therapist. Number two, it's quite clear that there is no strong correlation between spending money and having a good time, given that this person had a terrible time at her wedding, it was extremely expensive, and it seems to have brought her family further apart rather than closer together. Let's walk through this so people so people know exactly what Paul is talking about. First of all, this idea of a, a seventy to eighty thousand wedding. Her budget was fifty thousand. She went over and spent seventy to eighty thousand. Parents, I believe, kicked in fifty. Right? Is 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 that the case? And then she spent the rest. That's. It was a little bit unclear. She said uh, that her budget for it was fifty, but. Yeah, her dad I, I paid wasn't... 50 grand. Okay. Her parents yeah. paid 50 and her original intention was to spend 50. Yeah, and then she she went up so she spent a bunch of money herself. 20,000 of her own money, she said. But here it is 2 years later she's venting, she still hasn't bothered to do the math and tell you. She's thinking about doing a post down the road figuring out where she went over budget. So she's a money blogger. We're being really mean, but she's a money blogger and in 2 years she hasn't spent the time to figure out how she went $20,000 over budget. Well, she doesn't know. Come you'll on. get you'll get to that. You'll get to that, you know, three, four years down the road. I can figure that out in about two minutes. Doesn't but, she have any software program? Anything. But my first question for you though, Bobby, because you're in the New York area. She's from yeah. the West Coast. She's planning a wedding mm-hmm. in the New York area. It sounds like New York City's not that far away. Fifty to seventy thousand dollars for a wedding. How much wedding does that buy you in the New York City area? I would say that's average. Okay. 
I would say that's average. Not having stats in front of me, I would say that is average because you're going to pay, let's just say she didn't pay a wedding planner, which is number one mistake because you will get better deals on things if you pay a wedding planner who will, you know, tell you appropriately what you should spend. Clearly, she had no financial guidance or project management and did not have those skills herself. So she should have outsourced that. But the wedding planner, let's say a wedding planner conservatively might charge you 10 at least. That's a good deal. And then, you know, you got to pay some form of music. She says, she does say the DJ would have been 10. I think the band might have been five to seven. And then, you know, you can go nuts. You know, you can spend nothing on flowers or you can spend infinite. I mean, you can have a wedding with, you know, I'm Jewish and we have something called a, a hoopa, which is like a little, um, almost like a trellis. You see those trellises that people can decorate with flowers. I know at my wedding, when I married my husband, we just asked the synagogue if they had one in stock and it was fantastic and it was free. So you can go for free to infinite. So you can spend anything on flowers, like in any location, Joe, you can go to the flower market. You know, it just anything, anything is flexible. And even though it is New York, you can also get married in the park. You can rent a party room in your building, you whatever, your parents' backyard. It's New York, but like budgets are very elastic wherever you are. I don't want to hear New York as an excuse. I know we had uh, our friend Sandy Smith on a couple of years ago talking about her wedding and how she paid almost nothing for hers. But Len, uh, coming to you. In the first paragraph, she said, my father was strange about the wedding expenditures within the $50,000 budget. It wasn't about saving money, but it was about what appeared more impressive. He wanted the band versus the DJ because it seemed more impressive. He wanted the right hotel. He wanted to have different things in the wedding because it seemed impressive. It's hopefully the only time your daughter gets married. Uh, Do you question that logic? Well, ultimately, it's your daughter's day, right? So I'll try to put myself in, in the father's shoes there. You know, okay, if I'm shelling out $50,000 of my own money, I'd say, hey, maybe I have a little bit of a say in how the money's spent. But like I said, if that was me, it's my daughter's day and however she wants to spend the, the money, assuming I would do that in the first place, which I wouldn't, but assuming I would, uh, you know, I would uh, try and let her do what she, you know, whatever she wanted. I just, I, I still can't get, wrap my head around $50,000, a $50,000. I can't wrap my head around it. You have a daughter though. Do you have a, do you yes, have a, do. do you have a number set aside for your daughter's wedding if she gets married? Frankly, I don't. I, I really don't. I mean, maybe it is 50,000. If it is, I mean, things have changed a lot and, and they probably have. I sound like an old fuddy duddy uh, in my 22 years since I've been married, but um, I, I just, oh my gosh, I, you know, there's just so many other things I think you would, I would spend the money on say, Hey, put, take the money and put it on a down payment on a house or something. Or, 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 you know, I, uh, I, I got into trouble with this last time, Joe, this is, it's a one day thing. You know, I just, Oh my God, I, I just can't wrap my head around spending that much money in one day. Paula, even if this blogger wasn't into weddings, the parents were into it. It says that if my parents weren't into weddings, I would have never accepted 50,000, but my parents wanted a big wedding and a biggish wedding. I I gave them. If your parents had said, I've met your parents. Mm-hmm. I don't know your dad that well, but I'm not sure he's going to hand over $50,000 for, for, for a wedding. I just, Never. I've known your dad for a total of 15 minutes and I'd say, I doubt it. But, <laughs> but, but if your parents wanted you to have a big wedding, would you, would you have a big wedding? No, absolutely not. It's not their decision. It's mine. It's not the beginning of their life. It's mine. So it's not really their business. It's mine. 
Bobby, you went through this though, I think. Yes. Yes. And full transparency, I went through this twice. So I am happily married to my forever husband, but I did have some guy in my 20s that I was briefly married to. That's what I think of him, some guy. Anyway, so I had a wedding uh, <laughs> in my mid-20s. My mother, who I, I miss dearly, she's no longer with us, was really into it. And my feeling was I was truly in love. I was excited to be married to my then husband. And I let her throw the wedding, you know, I let her choose everything. And I did because she cared about the party and I cared about the marriage. For me, I was very, I don't want to say completely detached from the party, but you know, she wanted me to have a ridiculous princess dress. It was total. It, it was so Paula would have like been mortified. It was so <laughs> embellished. It was like something just beyond out of a movie. It was, there was so much frou-frou on this dress. I think I would upset everyone if you knew what it cost. It was horrible. And it was uncomfortable because it was so heavy. It was miserable. It should have been a clue that the marriage was not going to work out. But it was her day. And I was kind of okay with that. She really dreamed of throwing this fantastic wedding. And she had it. And she's no longer with me. And I'm happy she had the wedding she wanted because I had the marriage that I thought I wanted. I mean, I, I was into being married to this guy. And to me, it was just a party. But if that was how they, they could afford what they did and, and it made them happy. And I love that. I'm happy that I let her run with it. And we had so many extra little silly things, but whatever, you know, it's just a party. If, if I, I feel like if this bride wanted, was really into her groom, let your parents go crazy. Let them throw the wedding they want. Fine. Whatever. You get to be with a man you love. I feel like we're at the, you know, we're at the fast food restaurant and we're supersizing this wedding. <laughs> it's the, the feeling I got. Like they go to the wedding speaker and said, can I supersize this? Paul, is there ever a time in your life where you go, you know what? Let's supersize this. I want to splurge. I want to spend a little extra money to make this epic. I did that with my first uh, home renovation. I did that with my first kitchen remodel where I went way over budget, largely because I was so upset about the kitchen remodel and the bathroom remodel and the everything remodel. I was I was so upset about the way that it had gone that I wanted it to be extremely good looking. Like I wanted the, the finishes to be amazing in order to emotionally validate everything that I had been through. In hindsight, that was a huge mistake. So but I would certainly not do that but again. She was, but Paula, you were passionate about it. So you splurged because you were passionate. That's This woman was passionate about her wedding. Mm, I think there, there are ways to, I mean, like, so this woman, for example, clearly she's describing herself now as having PTSD from the wedding, right? So it didn't make her happy. It seemed to have had the opposite effect. No, but that's because of her mother's behavior and her father, not her father as much, but it's it's about the behavior of her family, not really about the money. It's the fact that things went off the rails because of her family and because, going back to my original point, she did not have the skills to manage the finances or to manage the project. She didn't have project management skills. Yeah. And when you're the bride, you should not be managing the wedding. It's just too much. So to me, that's what it is. It's not even the amount of money. If she had ordered a cake at a local bakery, she would have still had to manage it being delivered and put in the proper place and make sure the filling was correct. And for our, our listeners that didn't know, apparently the filling was incorrect in the cake <laughs> and that really upset her. And I get that. I'm still upset they did deliver the wrong flowers to my wedding. I get it, of course. But, you know, someone else should be dealing with it. That's not the bride's job to worry about the filling on the cake. And it doesn't matter what the cake costs. You know, Len, I like this idea, what, what Bobby's talking about. You're going to spend that kind of money, some project management. I can, I can hear the engineer in you shaking your head yes. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's for any big project. Yes, you've got to have somebody overseeing those expenses, right? It only makes sense, especially since the more you're spending it, the management cost becomes such a, a smaller and smaller percentage of the overall price, right? And, but it's worth it. It's kind of like insurance, right? It's wedding insurance is having that manager there and it overseeing seems, or what they call them, wedding planner, the wedding planner yeah. there. And it seems like having... And it seems like, Len, having somebody who's not emotionally invested, like mom went off the rails because she's super emotionally invested, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe mom's just nuts. Right. But but I think she's also emotionally invested. Don't you think, Len, having somebody who's not emotionally invested do it makes a ton of sense? Yeah, because you can step away and you can see things, that, you know, the stupid ideas you can call. And, and being not the mom, or you can make those calls and not worry about offending anybody or hurting somebody's feelings or, you know, I think the bride here, she purposely said, Hey, I yielded to my mom on a lot of things, blah, 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 blah. And so there were some bad choices that the mom was steering her towards. And I think, uh, you know, he had a wedding planner there could have uh, probably laid a little sanity into the whole thing. If you like this idea of having project management about something that costs a lot of money, something that really impacts your life, and it should be somebody who's not emotionally invested, Mr. Penzo, why why don't you have a financial planner in your corner? Who, me? Yes. <laughs> have you seen my investments? <laughs> it's not enough to, 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 um, to worry about. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not true. That is not true. It's everything to you, right? And if you pay somebody yeah. an hourly fee who's not emotionally invested to be in your corner who's not you, I mean, wouldn't you think that having that logical third party out there saying, hey, Len, you're screwing this up? who can help you take control, find ways that maybe you're your blind sides to help you out would be a, would be a big win for you. Yeah. I think that's a logical and a fair argument. Yes. I totally set you up. Didn't I? <laughs> I totally, that's, that called a drive by, that's called a drive by Joe. <laughs> that was just, I feel mean and I don't, want, I, I, I apologize, but I do find for, that interesting because seriously, and, and Len, I say that to you because you and I have known each other for a long time and I can pick on you, but people think that way. And then they're like, no, I don't want smart people dealing with the really important stuff in my life. Why not? Like, why not? And, and, and it, well, because you think you can do it you're better yourself, right? There's always well, that sure. hubris in you that you think you can do it better yourself. Well, and you don't, and, and some things you think are easy are not, right? Or that you think don't require as much information or knowledge that you think you do actually does require a lot more. You, you kind of make those mistakes and those mistakes end up costing you over time. Yes. I totally agree with that, Joe. Yeah, it is interesting. I just, you see that all the time and it's probably because there's so many bad financial planners, right? And people always have a, have a bad story about it. Bobby, uh, back to the wedding. So I just wanted to point out also that she didn't talk about negotiating at all or trying to get better prices. Right. And, and at hiring, outsourcing an expert knows what things should cost. And I'm just going to bet she paid more than she should have for all those things. All those different vendors were like, ah, ha, 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 bride, emotional, bridezilla, the mom's in it, the parents are paying. Also, they hear the parents are paying, the prices go up. Yeah, she got suckered probably into a lot of higher prices had she had someone in her corner, third party, advocating for her that had ongoing relationships with these vendors that person could have been an advocate for better prices because that person probably throws a lot of business towards the florist or whatever and says, you got to cut a better deal for this client I, and kept I, her on budget. Hey, I want to bring up a point too. And when Can the you parent, tell I've some, some parties with party planners? When somebody else is paying for something, you get looser with the cost. You don't worry as much about it. It's, it's like going to a buffet, right? You go to all you eat, 
all-you-can-eat buffet, you don't worry about a little bit of waste on your plate if you throw some food away because it's all you can eat. And it's the same thing with the wedding. So you really got to, you got to focus on not, for lack of a better word, you know, screwing over your parents or whoever's paying for that wedding. You owe it to them to try and remember that somebody is paying for it. And usually it's somebody that you love and care about. So try and be, you know, don't just think, hey, folks are paying for it. Let's forget the price, uh, top prices. Somebody paying for it that you don't want to write about on Facebook later. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, this, the, so the, bad. yeah, this bride immediately took to Facebook and, uh, and kind of, uh, screamed at her mom in front of a lot of friends, which, which Paula wasn't very cool. Yeah. Right. But then two years later, she then reiterated it in a blog post. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case mom didn't get the message the first time. Wow. And it's funny by the way, and this is not the point of this piece and not why I brought it up, but I paid my way through college, mostly through DJing weddings and DJing fraternity parties and high school dances and that kind of thing. And I'll tell you every single time there was not every time, but most times there was a family member involved that I had to work with as somebody who was supposed to, to make the night fun. It was a pain in the butt and it didn't go well. Whenever they had a professional an uninterested professional on the outside that I worked with, it was like clockwork. It just, things went much better. Just whether it's a wedding or a big event that you're having have said, you know what some families did, Bobby, some families just had a, not a family member, but a close family friend, you know, a little bit disinterested that you handed all the checks to, you handed them everything and said, here's the checkbox of what we want to have happen. And then you went to parents and you said, you know what? I don't want you to deal with any of this. We've handed it over to these friends. And now sure you didn't, you didn't get the professional, but at least your family's not having this situation. Great solution. Yeah. Uh, takeaways from this piece. These are going to be fun. I want to go to Paula last because she doesn't have an opinion. Um, <laughs> uh, Len, big takeaway from this piece. Elope. <laughs> uh, Bobby. Focus on the celebration and where your life is going. It's about who you're marrying, not about the filling in the cake. Who cares? Whatever. Paula. What they said. <laughs> Ditto. Oh boy. I'm glad. I'm so glad I waited for that. Anytime, Joe. Anytime. Hey, so Joe, when you were DJing, what was your hourly rate? Uh, uh, we started, you know, we play for three hours plus the dinner music for, I think, 550 bucks. But that was a long time ago in a little town. And then I think by the time we stopped five years later, we were already up to, we were up to like 750. For three hours? Yeah. Would you hire us? No. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, paid, I paid 500 bucks for a DJ for five hours. Yeah. Yeah, ours was five fifty for uh for three. <laughs> so thank goodness I wouldn't have to deal with all those crazy Italians. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to piss them off. Oops, excuse me. You don't want to mess you get them mad. <laughs> hey there, Daywalkers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Doug, and welcome to my trivia. You know, with the start of the new Game of Thrones season last week and the fact that the crazy calendar Joe's mom just got me says that today is National Garlic Day, I thought to myself, who's the darkest, doomiest person I know? Someone who I've never seen around garlic or in the daylight. Then it hits me. Don't look now, stackers. But I think Len Penzo's a vampire. The guy's totally a vampire. That's just between us. I'd never make accusations like that out loud. Plus, he's probably listening, you know, with his bionic Dracula hearing. But I mean, really, a bunker? Talk of times before you were born as if they were yesterday? And 
No garlic? The dude doesn't like garlic. Who doesn't like garlic? Time to get out the pitchforks, I say. But first, your trivia. Let's say you wanted to buy your own entry-level pre-made bunker. How much garlic, uh, uh, I mean dough, would you be dropping to get that entry-level pre-made bunker? I'll have your answer right after I check everyone's reflections here in the basement. Sounds like you've been caught, Len. Yeah, sounds like it, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Might be bad bad news for Len. Bobby, we explained the very complicated rules to you backstage. You got our very complicated game? Yes, I'm on it. You are playing on behalf of OG, who has five points. Len has three, and Paula has three. So they are catching up. Uh, so no pressure, Bobby. And Paula and I have put together a little pot, Bobby, and we it's up to it's up to thirty one dollars now. If you're willing to throw throw the uh, the trivia challenge today. So the next time that that you have to pay for a wedding, it's only going to be forty nine thousand nine hundred and. Something dollars. Uh, We're done with weddings, Joe. We're done. <laughs> I am with my forever husband. I, I'm not talking about you. You have okay. kids. You have kids. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oh, I forgot about them. Those three people. <laughs> it's time for the next those group. Three middle t- those three walking tuition bills. <laughs> right. Len, <laughs> Len uh, won last week. Congratulations, Len, even though it was really uh, uh, Dan and Angeloni. Did you have to? Did you have to say that part in case people I, didn't remember? Let me take that back. Uh, three, two, one. Uh, Len, uh, it was, you totally won last week. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I owe somebody a case of Spumoni. And I'm sure Dan Angeloni will, will love that. I, love, I, I'm, I hope he will. I, I love, by so. the way, he this, deserves it. This is very mysterious, Paula. Len's not here. He brings in an <laughs> Italian buddy. Supposedly somebody he doesn't know who comes in and wins trivia. I prefer hmm. Goomba. <laughs> yeah. Might be I might hear some uh oh, is that the theme from The Godfather playing in the background? I don't I don't know. All right. So Paula, that means that you get to decide first. Are you gonna guess first in the middle or last for the average cost of a pre-made entry level bunker? <laughs> I shall guess last. Huh, that's weird. Len, do you want to go in the middle or first? Uh, you probably need to ask Bobby since uh, assuming I won last week. No, Bobby's in the lead. The person in the lead guesses last. Oh, very good. Well, then I'm going to go. I'm going to take the middle. All right. Which means, Bobby, unfortunately, even though you're the guest, I don't make the rules. Actually, I do make the rules, <laughs> but, but you, but you, but who cares? Your entry level pre-made bunker. How much you think that costs? So I'm going to stick with our theme here of weddings. And if the average wedding costs between fifty and seventy thousand dollars for people that either write dramatic blogs or live in the New York area like myself, um, I'm going to go with sixty thousand right in the middle of the uh, average wedding cost. Sixty thousand bucks based could, on weddings. You could buy based a bunker on lots of weddings. Buy a bunker because or get married, not, your choice. Instead of dad paying for your wedding for between fifty and seventy thousand dollars, he could buy you a bunker. <laughs> Elope and buy <laughs> I can totally see I could totally see Len doing that with his daughter. But Len's talking about buy a house. Give him a down payment for a house. You could also buy them a bunker instead of a wedding. I think she's onto something, Len. Uh, I think she is too. Yeah. Uh, is that your final answer? That's my final answer. All right. Well, let me see. I think you're a little high. I don't mean you're high personally. I just meant 
I think you're, you're a estimated. little high. <laughs> Colorado with Paula. Apollo's not in Colorado right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think you can go down to Home Depot, get some guys, and ha- give them a shovel, and you can really reduce the cost a little bit there. Uh, what's a swimming pool cost these days? Anybody know? Nobody's going to help me. I would they? say $60,000, the middle of a wedding range. <laughs> you can buy a <laughs> swimming pool for your kid, too. Yeah, but then that's got all the other stuff. Yeah, that's true. Did you say, did you say, is this, this is just a regular, what's an entry, defined entry level bunker, Joe? Entry level is just a one room doomsday bunker. <laughs> You've got ventilation. So it's like with booby traps and, and a moat and, and uh, you know. Yeah, it's not a Len, it isn't okay. a Len Penzo deluxe bunker. Oh, this is hard. Uh, you could take like a, a shipping container, dig a hole in the ground, drop the shipping container into the ground. It can't be that. I'm going to say uh, it's super bare bones. You dig the hole. It don't cost 60000 to dig a hole. I'm going to say it costs 5000 to dig the hole. And then you got to put some sort of container, probably a pre-made container in there. That's probably 10000 That's That's 15000 And then you're going to... Does it include all the stuff you're going to store in there? No. All right. And then we'll say just we'll add 10000 for profit. What is that? 5, 10, and 10. $25,000. $25,000. Paula? I, well. I got to say, well, hold on. Before you guess, mm-hmm. is that the most you've ever heard Len think? About, it is. Yes. I, I was actually... <laughs> I was thinking that, that he's, even though he is our resident engineer, I've never heard him actually break down a project to its specs. But when you get, when you get things he's truly interested in. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the question, by the way, can I just point out, there's no electric, there's no, I forget what that's called. Um, pump system. I don't know what you call it. Well, you need a generator. You need like, uh, water. You know, just just general plumbing. Let's call it plumbing stuff. There's nothing in there. It's just a box. Are there holes to breathe? And let lens. It's really basic. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm competitive, and his bid was a lot lower than mine. And I think that that basic should include things like air. Well, like we holes for we air. shall we yeah. shall see, Bobby. Let's see where Paula comes in. Pa- Paula, what are well, you thinking? I mean, basically, my options are: Do I think that it's under twenty five thousand? Do I think that it's between 25,000 to 60,000 or do i think that it's above 60,000 are you insinuating paula pant that somebody's about to get chelsea brennan yes, oh. I, I can feel it i can feel it <laughs> len because i am a generous human being and because we have been together <laughs> since what 2011 2012 yeah i should guess $30,000 oh, okay. oh she gave him $5,000 room Thank you, Paula. Thank you so much. Anytime. Well, that's not Chelsea and him. That was very nice. It was very. <laughs> you see how the kids play together? That's so. <laughs> that's so good. Of course, like any self-respecting podcast, we're going to make you wait for the answer. So we'll be right back with that. Well, thanks to Clear for supporting Stacking Benjamins. If you've listened at all to this podcast, you know what huge fans we are of Clear, especially OG. But I'm getting there, man. I now have my appointment set for next week, and I'm going to be headed to much, much faster, much faster trips through security. Because if you're not familiar with what Clear is, 
It's a technology that uses your eyes and fingertips instead of traditional ID documents to get you through security faster at airports and stadiums. You can reduce some stress. It gets you through security with a tap of your fingers so you can get to your gate faster and not worry about whether you're going to make it or not. You and your ID, you don't have to worry about the ID because your eyes and your fingertips are the ID. They're the best ID you've got. It's easy to sign up. You create your online account, then you head to the airport. Once you get there, a Clear Ambassador helps you finish the process. And then immediately, bam, you can use Clear. Provides access not just to airports, though, but also to stadiums. Clear helps you get through security faster in 40-plus airports and stadiums across the country. More being added every day. And there's also family plans. So if you're traveling with children with other family members you can add up to three adult family members at a discounted rate and kids under 18 well they're free you've heard us talk about clear a ton og always wants to be the last guy in the plane i swear and he can cut it even closer with clear that's probably not the message that uh that you should take from this don't cut it close just make it a much more relaxing trip when you when you head through security right now stackers Get your first two months of Clear free by heading to clearme.com slash SB2019 and then use promo code SB2019. That's C-L-E-A-R-M-E dot com slash SB2019-2019. Promo code SB2019 for your free two months free of Clear. You're welcome. Bobby, you are double everybody else at 60,000 bucks. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling good. Well, you've got the Manhattan pricing, you know. That is true. That, that is, is true. We did not discuss where it would be. But I also think that, like I said, I think they didn't factor in things like plumbing, power, air, water. I think it was a little too basic based on Len's logic of basically just putting, you know, a box in the ground. Len, do you need, do you really need electricity or power? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, so do you feel like you're a little low? Well, no, because you said basic. You said en- or entry level. I think yeah, you but said. So water, to me, entry level is a is a water, is a crate plumbing. in the ground. You dig a hole. You put a pre-made box in the ground. You cover the hole up. That's that's, that's a basic. grave. That's a it grave. Been that's, a coffin. <laughs> that's, that's a coffin. That's a coffin. This would have been much more complicated if Joe would have said, you know, uh, you know, someplace where you're gonna you know, hang out for 10 or 15 Is years. Is there money to drill air holes in there so the person can see? <laughs> well, based on Doug's assertion, lead in a coffin, they go hand in hand. So there you go. <laughs> That's but, right. But Paula adds $5,000, so she's got air. That that was your thinking, wasn't it, Paula? <laughs> I just wanted to be not a total Chelsea Brennan. <laughs> it's funny that we love Chelsea Brennan. We love Chelsea Brennan, and we still have turned her name into a verb. <laughs> Chelsea probably listened to this going, what have they done? (laughs) All right, Doug, who's correct in this madness? How much does a doomsday bunker cost? Welcome back, trivia fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I have two pieces of good news. First, I do know the answer to today's trivia question. But second, it appears Len Penzo actually has a reflection and is maybe not a vampire. Here's what I did using... A very special set of skills I have acquired and honed over a lifetime. I told him his butt looks big in his jeans, which I knew would send him straight to the mirror. And it did. And when he got there, he saw his reflection. And I saw his reflection, too. So breathe deeply, friends, because 
crisis averted. You're welcome. And that rolls us into today's question. If you wanted to buy an entry-level pre-made bunker, how much money would it cost you? The answer? Well, unless you're ready to fork over 25 grand for your doomsday shelter, you better start fortifying mom's basement because you're waiting it out like the rest of us. Wait a minute. Len nailed it? Really? (laughs) Maybe he isn't a vampire, but that dude is certainly a first-class doomsday specialist. See ya! Exactly. Len wow. got the bunker exactly, exactly right. I mean, you know what? it's perfect. I'm, yeah, I'm just going to say you really don't want to go that basic because you might be down there for a long time. I'm just saying. <laughs> Bobby's still like, I wouldn't be in that bunker. Just saying. Yeah, I would not be in that bunker. But Bobby, you, my bunker is. My bunker will have plumbing, air, it'll have electricity, and it will also have food. You can come visit me, though, Len. It's okay. <laughs> and Paula will already be there hanging out. I've already given you an open invitation to my bunker. Come on, you'll see, you'll love it. I'm good. But <laughs> that's what that's what Led's been saying to women for all these years. Why don't you come over to my bunker? Like back in high school, that was Len. Hey, my, no, I'm I'm fine. Uh, Paula, you and I have to have a talk. We've known Len for how long? Since maybe 2012, maybe earlier. And at least 2012. And the one question he gets on the nose is about a <laughs> I know. bunker. Yeah, this is the one and only time. I mean, Len, of course, you've been correct many times in in terms of closest without going over. (laughs) This is the only time I've ever heard you get something precise. Hey, I was close on the chips episodes. I think I was off by three, remember? Yeah, but still. Nailing nailing the bunker is not lost on anybody who's listened to the show for any length of time. Oh, man. Hey, let's take out the magnifying glass and help somebody do better with their money. Today's hotline call comes to you courtesy of magnifymoney.com. You know what happens when you head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash magnifymoney, Bobby? I don't know what happens, Joe. You find that those financial products you use every day, they're nowhere near best in class, especially if you're at a brick and mortar bank. Over 92% of the products available online all ranked head to head at Magnify Money. Head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money for more. And it's funny watching savings account interest rates go up fairly quickly over at Magnify Money. And you can see interest rates. So you pay less money to the man when you're paying off your debt whatever it is, magnify money. Uh, We're going to help out Reed with his money today. Say hi, Reed. Hey, Joe and OGGGG. It's Reed from Kansas City, and I wanted to see what you guys thought of an article I read on CNBC.com. I figured it would be good for you guys to discuss this on the air because I haven't learned anything in listening to you over a year now, and I think this is a chance for you both to redeem yourself. So, Uh, The article is called These Surprising Spending Truths Could Upend Your Retirement, and it was written and published on the 6th of March by Lori Conish. She mentions that the 4% rule of thumb and the 70 to 80% of pre-retirement earnings rule of thumb may not be enough money for some of us in retirement. She also talks about the extreme fluctuations in spending that occur and that how spending in retirement is often front-loaded based on a survey of about 5 million retirees by J.P. Morgan. And then finally, there was another significant portion that raised my eyebrows a little bit about how inflation affects different budget or spending categories in retirement differently. 
So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and keep up the great work, even though I haven't learned anything, guys. Talk to you later. Reed, thanks a ton. And I like your question. I like these uh, topics enough that we, we booted OG from the basement today, replaced him with Bobby. And I thought we bring this to the whole group because this is a great group discussion. All of these rules, Len, the 4% uh, rule, 70 to 80% of your expenses that you're going to have when you were working rule, all kinds of fluctuations in spending. Uh, what do you think? About those rules? Yeah. What you, I, you know, I, the what, rules of thumb, I, I've never, I'm not a big fan of big rules of thumb, right? So um, 4%, I know nowadays, I think people are having second thoughts about that. I think most people think that's too high. It should be less than that. I think we're getting into quite a consensus on that. Uh, I could be wrong, I'm, but uh, I don't know if we, what you say. You're the financial planner there, Joe, but I think that's too high. Um, the 70 to 80% of pre-retirement, um, of course, I think that obviously it depends more on how much you make in your pre-retirement years, right? I know people who are making high six figures or even six figures of any kind, right? Obviously, 70 to 80 percent might be might be a high percentage for them where it might be a decent percentage for somebody who's only making 30,000 or 50,000 a year, you know, at, right before they retire. So, you know, it's all based on personal, you know, everybody's different. Yeah, Bobby, it seems like, well, well, before I, I ask you that, of these four, which one do you think is the most egregious one that's a rule of thumb you wouldn't follow? Um, I think the 4%, I think, I think Len, I think it's dangerous because if you act like a robot and you just take 4%, no matter what, that's great. When the market's going up, you're like, yay, I can spend more money this year, but then it goes down and, and, and it can come down for a number of years and you could really have a big downward spiral. So I think it's important that that number be elastic, but also thoughtful and ongoing, evaluated in an ongoing manner. I also think the big thing here that we're going to start talking about, I'm sorry if people learn something in this episode, I'm a CFP, is that we're going to rethink the whole concept of this like, okay, we're done retiring. Like, okay, retirement, go. You start, you're retired now. It's going to be gradual. I think you're going to reinvent who you are and what you do because the old concept of retirement for a lot of people isn't necessarily what they want to do. I think we have a lot more flexibility with our professions and how we, our income streams. Let's just say, I think your income streams will adjust as you go through life. And I don't like the idea of like an end date. Like you're, you're retired. Let's have a big party. We'll give you a gold watch and off you go to go play golf someplace boring. That's not cool. I think that people, <laughs> no, it's just dumb. When you think about that, that's a very retro outdated idea. I think that we have many generations in the workplace in, and in different levels of commitment in their, depending on where they are in their life cycle, in the season of their life. We have people that are the fire movement, which is going to be fascinating to watch as many of these people go through the different seasons of life and how that adjusts. I, I think it's really interesting. They might be in a phase where they're on a work sabbatical for a few years and they're working light. Maybe they have a part-time job and so on. And so the whole idea of these set rules, like Len said, there are no rules anymore. It's it's a gradual, constant evaluation of what's right for you. You might work till 80, but not the way you worked when you were ages 25 to 30 and so on. That was a lot, Joe. Go. No, 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 that wasn't. <laughs> well, that was good. I actually learned yeah, something. That, that was good. I was going to say, you, you can't come back anytime soon because I think people did learn something there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. us- come come listen to my nerdiness with joe on money in the morning you'll get more i i bring a lot of random fun facts and super nerdiness 
making us all look bad here, Bobby. No, but seriously, you know, I heard this uh, retirement experts, Paula, talking about exactly what Bobby's saying, which is that instead of this idea of retirement, you know, you might have three different phases of your life. You think about somebody who's, quote, retiring early at 50. If people live to be 130 years old, you're going to live another 80 years. There's no way that's retirement. Yeah, I mean, so much of it just depends on the definition of your word retired. So I'll speak about the early retirement movement because that is what I am most familiar with. In the fire movement, almost nobody who retires stops producing an income. In fact, I can think of exactly one individual who retired and literally does not have an active source of income. And when I say I can think of one individual, I mean, I've met hundreds and hundreds of people who are financially independent or early retirees. And of those many hundreds, there's exactly one who fits that classical description. But that's because the money's too good writing about how you did it. Well, that is sampling bias. <laughs> that, was, that was horrible. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no seriously. That, it's a good, uh, that's a very good point to bring up because a lot of people do have that objection. But what you have to remember is that that sampling bias, yeah. the only people whom you read about are the ones who are writing about it. If someone's right. not writing about it, you're not going to read what they have to say. Right. And, and, well, and, there are some people that have been honest about how the whole fire thing has blown up on them. And I have deep respect for them and for their candor. Blown up like bad or good? Like they think they're part of fire. They think they're set. And then maybe not so much. Oh, not, like so our friend, our good friend, J.D. Roth kind of wrote about how he was financially independent and is not anymore. Although he was hilarious. He crunched all of his numbers and concluded that he is $12 per month shy of being financially independent. Of course. <laughs> not 13 and not 11. Yeah, but what happens when you want to go to Iceland on a fancy trip? I mean, what happens when you want to do something that's not in your 4% budget? I mean... It's kind of, and and what happens when you're just kind of bored and you okay. like you like doing whatever something that also happens to make money? That's okay too. Well, yeah, but that's all fine. Yeah, Being financially exactly. independent is that doesn't mean that you're no longer financially independent. Financial independence is the ability to choose. And so, well said, if you yeah. decide that you want to go to Iceland and live it up, but you still have enough to cover the basics. That And you want to, I don't know, get a job, do some little side hustle things so that you can save up for your trip to Iceland or hack some miles on some credit cards. That doesn't like there's no FI police that kick you out of the game. So I think that people are interpreting fire in too strict or too narrow of a sense and then taking um, umbrage with it. Is that the word? I think yeah. that's the word. Yeah. Uh, when in fact, fire simply means that you can cover the basics in your life. It may or may not be the way that you want to live, but you can cover the bare minimum. I can survive basics. From that point, you can move forward through life from a position of strength and a position of greater ability to choose. And uh, just to be clear about my joke earlier before people write in, I was actually joking about people saying that people make good money writing about it and that's all you. So just just, just please save, save the letter, please. Uh, Direct uh, emails to Joe. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's go back to Reed's question because I want to get back to want to get back to these four. There are these rules of thumb, Paula, 4% rule, 70 to 80% of what you're going to spend when you're working, you won't spend when you retire, fluctuations in spending, inflation on different items being all over the place. Which of these do you think is the most dangerous or do you agree with uh, Bobby and Len that maybe they're all dangerous? Well, J.L. Collins says that flexibility is the only true security. And so if you are approaching a retirement in which you need to withdraw 
exactly 4.000% from your portfolio every year adjusted for inflation. And you also have very strict expenses that you cannot deviate from, then that is the real threat to your retirement. So your inflexibility is your greatest threat. And by contrast, your flexibility to be able to adjust your withdrawal rate based on what's happening in the broader overall market and withdraw less during recessionary periods, or your ability to rethink some of your expenses. If you if you have a major health crisis and you do have to pay more for medical bills, your ability to capture that money from some other area in your life, like that flexibility is the thing that's going to get you through. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I think people have listened to this show long enough know that I think if you if you start with what your goal is, you don't have to use any of these. You know, if you look at what rate of return you really need, you don't have to use the 4% rule. If you look at what your expenses uh, really are and then keep milestones along the way to see where your portfolio should be versus where it is year by year, you don't have to use a 70 to 80% rule, which I also think is ridiculous. The fluctuations in spending that happen are totally true. So if you already have those milestones because you know where you need to be, you can worry about it over a shorter amount of time so it's easy to catch up and adjust before things get out of whack. It just it seems like so many of these rules of thumb are solved by fairly simple planning. I mean, not not even hard planning. Just I often wonder why we have these rules of thumb when doing it the right way isn't that that difficult. But anyway, good stuff, guys. Uh, thanks for the question, Reed. If you've got a question for us, head to stackybenjamins.com. At the top of the page, you'll see the link that says question for the show. Click on that link and you too can end up having uh, the four of us discuss whatever it might be, whatever question you got for us. Nice job, Reed. That's going to do it for today, guys. Let's, uh, we'll have our guests go last. So why don't we start, Paula, with you. What's happening over at Afford Anything? On the Afford Anything podcast, our guests include Daniel Pink, who is the New York Times bestselling author of the book, When? The Scientific Secrets of Perfect Timing. I am also interviewing... Dr. Sarah Falla, she is the daughter of the author of The Millionaire Next Door, one of the co-authors specifically of The Millionaire Next Door. And she and her now late father co-authored the sequel, The Next Millionaire Next Door. So she joins us on the Afford Anything podcast to discuss The Modern Millionaire Next Door. Awesome. And we'll link to the Afford Anything podcast on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. You always have such an interesting, um, well-textured group of guests. I don't know how to put that better. Like there's okay. there's texture from week to week. You don't know what you're going to get. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Len, speaking of you don't know what you're going to get, what's ha- what's happening at lenpenzo.com? Yeah, I have a uh, guest post from uh, ex-president Barack Obama. Uh, he'll be... Uh, actually telling us about his personal finance uh, experiences. And then I have uh, also uh, some papers from Albert Einstein back in the day that uh, nobody has read before, and I'll be posting those as well. So that's on the persistentitch.com. I just, you know why I say that? Because every time you make me follow Paula, it's like, how do I top Paula? It's absolutely impossible. What am I supposed to tell her? Hey, folks, I'm having uh, eight ways that you can, uh, you know, dress up your dog for Halloween or something. I mean, <laughs> That's how do I the fun. That? That's, oh, okay. All right. Well, hey, yes. so seriously, though, with the. Uh, 
<laughs> After you're done actually learning something at Paula's podcast, you can come over to my site and uh, you can read about <laughs> nine crazy tax deductions that the IRS actually accepted. See, I like that. I like that. Everybody here <laughs> likes the sandwich study every, every, every summer. I like why uh, hot tubs are a ripoff. That was one of yes, my favorites. There you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I like the black coffee uh, stuff on Fridays. I mean, that's good stuff over there, Len. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. I like the self-deprecating humor, but don't put yourself <laughs> down, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, Bobby. Thanks for having me, Joe. It only took uh, me becoming your co-host on another show to get me on. <laughs> no, you the things we do to earn a guest spot on Stacking Benjamins. You've been on Stacking Benjamins how many times? Three, I think. This is only the second time I've done the roundtable, and it I was on it. for my book. That is that is correct. No, no, no. And I talked to you also when I was in New York, and you were. Oh, that's true. Right. That you is were true. emceeing there. So that was your awesome. Fourth, that was really cool. Yes. I have to always remind Bobby. I was emceeing a conference. Yes. yes. I always have to remind Bobby that she's been on many Four. more times than she. Well, is there like is it like Saturday Night Live where I get like the five timer jacket or something? You send me some swag if I hit five. But now I just jinx myself because you're not going to send me the swag, so you're not going to have me on again, Joe. Len already and I'll get a five timer club like Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Len already knows that there's the five timer PBR award. We talked about that at the start of the show. <laughs> so you're going to get a knock on the door. There's your PBR. I was still trying to get on the five dollar club that Paula apparently joined back in 2012 with you, Joe. Well, Paula checked Paula checked box A and you checked box B. I got it. Okay. Wasn't my was, I adjusted my withholdings. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> She rounded up. Right. So most people that listen to this know that they can find you and I Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, talking about headlines on Monday yes. in the morning. But what's going on at Financial Grown Up? Well, I can barely think about Financial Grown Up because I'm just so obsessed with money in the morning, first of all. But the show does go on and I have amazing guests. I mean, I know Paula has great guests. I have great guests, too. I have two authors coming on that I'm really excited about. One is Joan Cool, who has the coolest last name, Cool. That's really her name, K-U-H-L. She is the author of Dig Your Heels In, Navigate Corporate BS, and Build the Company You Deserve. Oh, wow. It's an awesome book. It's basically for everyone that doesn't want to say, take this job and, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's for people that want to actually stay, unlike, you know, people like me that actually ditch. But anyway... And the other author, um, I don't know if you guys have had her on. She was awesome. Allison Schrager, she wrote, An Economist Walks Into a Brothel. No, yes. I just heard she about her. awesome. And it's all about finding economic lessons in the most unexpected places. And she's fantastic. So again, Allison Schrager, An Economist Walks Into a Brothel. Check it out on Financial Grown Up. It's, it's fantastic. She just did a great job with this book. It's really readable and it's a great book. That's funny. And the book's like already out. Humor and economics all mixed into one. It's the economics of that business are fascinating. She learned a lot of negotiation from uh, the women in Nevada that she visited, <laughs> interviewed, interviewed. Oh, oh, she really interviewed. did. She really did talk she about brothels. Them. Oh, oh, yeah. It's it, There's a lot in there about that. Yep. Oh, yeah. We'll link to Financial Grown Up in our <laughs> show notes page with all Bobby's social media stuff on our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. All right, Doug, take it from your man. What should we have learned today? Yep, sure thing, Joe. Let's rock and roll. First, impressing everyone with your wedding? <laughs> While spending more money isn't always the answer to your issues, sometimes trying to make everyone else happy ends up making everything a total disaster. 
Start with your goals and work backwards. Your goals, nobody else's. Second, relying on rules of thumb to help you plan your retirement? Why not do the simple math instead? It isn't as difficult as you think. But the big lesson? If you want three financial nerds to talk about your wedding online so that your mom has one more opportunity to hear just how much she ruined everything, just put it out there. Oh, I'm totally sure we'll take that bait too. Special thanks to Bobby Rebel. You can find more from Bobby at her site, bobbyrebel.com. And of course, on Facebook during her live Money in the Morning tapings, where you can also hear my amazing intro and credits. So check it out. Paula Pant appears courtesy of affordanything.com. Len Penzo appears courtesy of lenpenzo.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I do not like computer jokes. Not one bit. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. What's wrong with you? Uh, it's either this show or indigestion. I hope it's indigestion. Why? It'll get better in a little while. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. What happens in the after show stays here for those of you that are new. Paula, when when we were talking earlier about about cereal box toys mm-hmm. and and sending stuff away, did you ever do that? Did you ever send away for any of those cool toys that you get in the cereal box or any of that stuff? I I don't think that I did. I remember sending letters to celebrities, did snail you? mailing fan mail to celebrities. Did anybody write uh, you back? Amy Grant <laughs> Amy Grant wrote me back. That's awesome. <laughs> and and so you know the the band TLC? Yes. So they put out a CD called Fan Mail. And in the inside cover of the CD, they printed the names of fans who had sent them fan mail, and my name is in there. Is it really? <laughs> so, Paula, my name is printed on the inside of the TLC CD cover. Are you saying that you went chasing waterfalls? I did go chasing waterfalls, and it totally worked out. It's a, it's. I got a little tear in my eye. That's fantastic. <laughs>
That's so good. Bobby, now that you, just because you didn't know Captain Crunch, I'm sure though you were writing out all of the, the stuff, getting all the prizes that were in the, in the cereal boxes. I don't remember that. I don't think we had prizes. I don't know. I have no memories of this. I don't know. We I'm sorry. Write. I feel really boring, but we never did that. No, but I definitely was not mailing away to get stuff. I don't think I was allowed to do that kind of thing. I don't know. Did you write I to celebrities? I really upset with my parents thinking about this. I don't know what was going on. I think that I will tell you, though, so part of my obsession with Cap'n Crunch, now that I'm saying it properly, Cap'n Crunch, <laughs> is that when we were growing up, we were only allowed, quote, healthy I'm making little like like quote marks with my hands, everybody. Healthy cereals when we were growing up. So we didn't have those sugary cereals. So maybe our boring healthy cereals did not have prizes, Joe. I was deprived. The week my kids went to college, not joking. I have twins for people that don't know. The week my kids went to college, Len, I got I got three different sugar. I got Lucky Charms, I got Cap'n yeah. Crunch, and I got Frosted Flakes. And oh, yeah. I bought the big, huge thing of Pop-Tarts because that was all contraband in our house. And the week they went to college, I stacked up. And Cheryl, I remember, goes over to the pantry and opens it up. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, it's just us now. Like, we can finally celebrate. You can eat Cabin Crunch for dinner, Joe. I can. <laughs> With whole milk. Like a dream come true. You know, you know what's funny? In the old days, too, the... the these cereals actually had the word sugar in the title. It wasn't Frosted Flakes, which is my favorite cereal, by the way. Sugar Frosted Flakes. That was the title. It was Sugar Frosted Flakes. And it wasn't Pops. It was Sugar Pops. Remember, or sugar, and sugar, Smacks, sugar, or sugar Smacks. Smacks. Sugar Smacks. Yep. They completely took the – they didn't get rid of the sugar, but they took the word sugar out of the title of the cereal. Can you see a responsible mom – well, let's talk about responsible moms because we talked about meeting your dad earlier, Paula. I met your mom also. Seems like a very responsible – could you imagine your mom feeding you sugar smacks for breakfast? Hmm. With a word <laughs> in the title. I mean, I don't know because I did eat a lot of sugary cereals. Okay. You know, I, I ate Lucky Charms and I ate like all of them. Count Chocula. Oh, you got them all. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. I just it, it seems like you had responsible parents, too. They wouldn't have gone there. Yeah, I think she just wanted to make sure that I was eating like she <laughs> she was. I don't know, I guess uh, constantly concerned that I wasn't eating enough. And so as long as I was eating, it didn't really matter what. Before we go, uh, Len, what's the best prize that you wrote away for that you got? Well, this is going to be super nerdy. I, I'm embarrassed to even say this one, but I, okay, I will. This is totally nerdy. That's, I'm really embarrassed to even bring this up. There was a road sign collection. Every road sign under the sun, these plastic road signs, you'd get a collection. There was like 24 of them. And I, you know, because I used to have my Hot Wheels cars, right? So I wanted these road signs to, so I could drive when I rode my Hot Wheels cars, I was driving them around on the ground or whatever. I could have the road signs. So that, to me, that was, that was the thing I waited the most for and I couldn't wait to get. And I was so happy when they finally came in the mail. And were they every bit as, ex as expected? Uh, here's the problem. They were on these posts that were like eight inches tall and my, you know, they weren't to scale to my hot wheels. Yeah. You know, the, the nerd that I am, I, that, yeah. that was kind of embarrassing driving these, the road signs were like 20 feet scale tall to these, but, but other than that, yeah, it was still cool. I so, still played with them anyways. So, uh, Bazooka Joe bubblegum. Remember that one? Oh yeah. Bazooka but Joe bubblegum. You'd open up this stuff and they'd have a prize. And my brother and I found this one prize that was walkie flipping talkies. 
walkie talkies, all you had to have were like 25 Bazooka Joe wrappers. And so we yeah. kept going down. We had a store at the corner of our street and we'd take our bikes and we'd go down to the store. And every time that we got a little bit of money, we, we'd go buy Bazooka Joe so we could get these walkie talkies. And so we, we got just all these wrappers. We stuff them into an envelope. We send the thing away. Just like you said earlier, eight weeks later, these walkie talkies come. I have never been more disappointed. <laughs> Apparently, 25 Bazooka Joe wrappers doesn't buy the walkie-talkie, the premium walkie-talkie that you expect when you're seven. Oh, that was your first economics lesson, Joe. Here's here's what it was. They were two little aluminum discs with little holes in them (laughs) and a piece of string between them that literally was like a foot long. And so my brother could stand a foot away from me and he'd talk in one side and I'd talk in the other. And I couldn't tell if I was hearing him through the walkie talkie or if I was just hearing him because he's standing next to me. Oh, I'm sure it was the walkie talkie. It, I'm Did sure. it come with batteries? No, it came, it came with batteries string. Were, it came with string. not included? The, there were no batteries. It was just string. You know, the aluminum thing and string between them. You know that whole DLN where they the noise reverberates yeah, oh, the I know. that was a bad joke on my part that I obviously know. you didn't get so. I, I, I did I tried to <laughs> I tried to avoid it there we go well stackers the show is over but the party is just beginning here you know why because it's military appreciation month and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military and let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 